in the Yeah, there are allusions in the Sefer. We're talking about Hashem Oraviyishi. There are allusions in the Sefer Chemdas Hayamim that says one should say it during the Yemei of Elul for forty days, for more more than forty days, even including into the period of of uh, of Sukkot of Sukkot to Hashanah Rabbah. It's in the Sefer Chemdas Hayamim. But the Sefer Chemdas Hayamim, despite its its incredible influence, is a Sefer that has been recognized as having Sabbatean references in it, references to Shabbat Tzvi. Um, Rabbi Yaakov Emden went so far to say that the Chemdas Hayamim was written by Shabbat Tzvi's right-hand man, Nathan of Gaza, Nathan Azati, who was, again, a person who was familiar with the Kabbalah of the Arizal, uh, and st- still wrote a very popular book. Let, let me explain it even better. The Sefer Chemdas Hayomim is not like pure Kabbalah. It's easy to read. It was easy reading. It was fun to read. Uh, it had Kabbalistic Kavonos, but it couched it in, in terms that made it a bestseller. Big Kabbalistic works that you, you, you there's no, <laughs> that there's hardly any way, I say Kabbalah, and we hear, of course, that music there, right? Big Kabbalistic works that have, uh, that are, that are cryptic and difficult don't gain popularity. The great Kabbalists learn them and tell people about them. The Chemdas Hayomim is a book that's built on Kabbalistic principles, but with explanations that everybody could appreciate and enjoy. The book had tremendous influence. And it crept in its way. Remember, 1730 was printed. The Baal Shem Tev, uh, was uh, was born um, uh, in, 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 in 16, I think it was, he was born in um, a, a tough son, what was it? He um, was born uh, Elul, I think this period of Elul, I think it was 98, 1698, I think it was. Um, so this safer was influential in the group of the Baal Shem Tev. People studied it and learned it. And it would seem that they they described it as something connected to the Ariza. Um, even the Chidor, uh who was from the Sephardim, mentions it. However, the Chidor says that we Sephardim have been saying it, there's many Sephardi communities that say it every single day of the year. Not just during, uh, not just during this period. Um, if you take a look here up on the board, uh, this Chido in the Sefer Meira Be'etzba, Minak Tov Lomar Ladovid Hashem Ori Ve'yishi Achri Kol Tfila Af Bechol Yemos Hashana Especially from Ashkodesh Elul until after Hashana Rabbah. So, uh, we have something that, Yankee, to answer your question, something that begins approximately in the beginning of the 18th century, in the beginning of the 1700s. And by the time, about 100 years later, when the Chidor wrote this, it seems like it has become a, a minag very strong uh, within uh, many, many Ashkenazi communities. And there's uh, up to the, uh, to the point that in the first part of the 19th century, probably the, the greatest work on this period, on this Elul Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, period, and Sukkot as well, Sukkot as well the Mat Ephraim, Ephraim Zalm Margolis, he wrote a sefer specifically about this period, which for many people is the guidebook that you hold on to during this period. Uh, the Mat Ephraim extols it as something very, very positive. 
He talks about um, when you should say it, uh, whether you should say it uh, before, uh, after Shemona Esrei, which is, some people had that custom to say it, Hashem Oriveyishi before Shemona Esrei, I'm sorry, right after Shemona Esrei, before the Kaddish, the Chatzi Kaddish, some said it specifically after the Shir Shalyom. Should someone say a Kaddish in between the Shemona Esrei, between the Shir Shalyom and Hashem Oriveyishi? All these little complicated questions about where to put it, where it should go, uh, the Matefraim, uh, in, in the commentaries on the Matefraim that, that sprung up mention how the, by the by the Chassidim themselves, by who were saying it, they would say it at Mincha, and they wouldn't necessarily say it at Mariv. So it's incredible how um, something that whose vintage is so recent has really got its footprints set into uh, our tefillas. Now, obviously, there's 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 a statement here. Um, that I, I discovered this morning, which I want to share with you, from um, one of the great Chabad poskim, uh, where he writes that even though we have discovered um, a, many references in the in that parak of Tilim to Rosh Hashanah, Ori. The Medrash uh, Shachar Tov says is Rosh Hashanah, Yishi is Yom Kippur, there's a Sukkah, B'yom Ra'ah, there's so many references in this capital, in this parak. However, as Rabbi Avram David Levat says, I just want to find the language of, of how he says it here. He says that. Let me find the language where he says, just because we have found. Just because we have found uh, references, does that mean we should say it? Yeah. Does that mean just because something seems to be so, as we say in Yiddish, sugipast, does that mean we should accept it into our davening? Um, I wanted to find that Loshan from Rabadam Davilivat. Here it is. Here it is. Look up here on the board. He says, Atu koap sukim betanach. Fine. The Midrashim are clearly predate the Minag. So there are Midrashim, there are ways to learn that capital, that's really all we want from the Rabbanu Shalom, even though we're going to make many bakoshas through Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, it's really one thing, we just want the Rabbanu Shalom to be close to us and we want to be close to him. Fine. It's a very beautiful capital. <coughs> But why should we therefore insert it to the point? I, I have to tell you that um, I make announcements after davening in my shul. And um, mo- my announcement is, can everybody, anybody wants to join us for our shir, we're meeting in the back. Dafyomi, <laughs> halacha, uh, whatever it is. So I made the announcement before the oilam had said, Hashem Ayurvayishi. And you know uh, the, the what rose up against me was like, well, I'm, 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 I'm going to stop talking. You have to say Hashem Arvishi. It got to the point that, and I think many people feel that way that if somebody skips it or misses it, like like he's missing something, right? And 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 yet what we're seeing here is that it's a very uh, now, okay. So I thought I I want to take this from two points. One is the people who, despite. It's, it, who are living in the Ashkenazi world and still do not say it. So we mentioned before uh, from from the Divrei Chaim, 
People from Tzans, from Bovov, do not say it, despite the fact that the different times are Tzans say it. The other thing is the Vilna Gom. So, I heard someone give a shear once who said that the reason why the Vilna Gon did not say it is because the Vilna Gon did not like new minhagim that developed from Hasidic sources. He specifically was against that. Now, the person who said it is a very nice man, uh, but I have to disagree with him. The Gon's the fact that Vilna Gon did not say it had nothing to do with the fact that there were groups of Ksimah But By the way, let me just add one other thing. Um, we all are familiar with the um, the Siddur of the Balatanya, right? Uh, the Siddur Harav, and which is printed in... If you take a look at the top and the front of the Siddur, it's called Siddur Arizal. That's what they call it, right? Now, the Balatanya himself supposedly had many, many editions of Sidurim and figured out what he thought was the Nusach that Arizal would, would, would want uh, to daven from. Before the Balatanya, there was another Siddur printed from Reb Shabzai, who was a student of the Baal Shem Tev, about the same age as the Baal Shem Tev, but became very close to him. And that was the Siddur of Shabzai of Rashkov. Reb Shabzai Rashkov also says that one should say Hashem uh, Ishi twice a day, and by saying it, you are Masalik, all the Makatrikim, all the negative things that have arisen throughout the year. And by saying it, it's a Segula to live, a Segula to have a good year. He, he lays it on very thick in the name of the Arizal. So that was a Hasidish Asidr. Uh, it's not so much in use anymore today, but for years that was considered the Hasidish Arizal Siddur, Rabshapsi Rashkiver. So Rabshapsi Rashkiver does. <clears throat> Uh, talk about how great it is. So there definitely were Chassidim that were saying it. However, the the Gon, whether he knew about their Menhagim or not, let's look at what was written in the name of the Gon. Now, Nachman was asking me before about the source that I brought down here. I could give a whole share about the Maiserav, uh its significance. Uh, it, it only gets printed, uh, I believe, in the late, I think it's in the 1820s or 1830s. Uh, which is almost 35 years after the Gon's death. Um, it is a sefer that was put together uh, originally by a student of the Vilna Gon, Reb Sadia, who made Aliyah to Eretz Yisrael. But before he made Aliyah, he observed many, many customs by his Rebbe. Reb Sadia sent the manuscript after he died, maybe it was his children, they sent it back to Vilna. And Rabbi Socher Ber Tanchum was the was a Dayan in Vilna at that time. As a young boy, he had also seen the Vilna Gon as well, but I don't think he, he had the chutzpah to call himself a real student. But he was very close to the milieu of the Vilna Gon. Um, and Rabbi Sacher Ber, Rabbi Sacher Dov, edited the book and printed it, Be'ilam Shmoy, printed it without his name, with, with notes. And that's called the Sefer Maiser Rav. There's no question about it, I was talking about Menachem before, that the Maiserav would have been a curiosity and had not been for someone who was raised in Vilna and was a very big uh, um, lover of everything the Vilna Gon had to say and used everything that was Vilna Gon-like to sort of insert into what Halacha had been. And that's, of course, the Chafetz Chaim. The Chafetz Chaim's, you, you do a search how many times the Chafetz Chaim quotes the Vilna Gon, even this say for the Maiserav. Uh, and uses it and his mafalpil in it to try to understand what the Gon's halachic opinion is. So the Sefer has, has, has taken on greater significance since the Mishnah Brewer wrote 
uh, his con- his biur. And as I was telling Menachem before, the students of the Vilna Gaon who came there to Israel and eventually settled in Yerushalayim uh, accepted upon themselves to basically daven and learn and live many of their their halachic lives based on the Vilna Gaon's perspective. Now the Vilna Gaon himself, as a man in Vilna, living, you know, having a shul, having his shtibel, his cloys, as it were, the Vilna Gaon himself was not trying to change the customs that were around him. In fact, even people who daven with him didn't always have the same customs he did. <coughs> so, as I was explaining before, <coughs> They felt, and Rav Sternbach, who is a descendant of the Vilna Gaon, says this as well, is that since Eretz Yisrael, the Ashkenazim had been driven out in the beginning of the 18th century, when they came back a hundred years later, it was like a non, it was like a total free world that they could establish any minhagim they wanted. Usually when you come to a place, there's minhagim the way we do things. There's a community. Okay, you're coming from someplace else. You can't just, because you came from someplace else and you had that Rebbe, decide to daven differently or change things. But because of the fact that the Arabs had driven out uh, the Ashkenazim out of Yerushalayim, um, these were Shapsoyim, by the way. These were students of Rabbi Yehuda Chassid, who, not the one, the Rishon, but the, who, was a, who was a very close to the Shapsoyim, the Shapsoyist mentality, they were driven out. The the students of the Vilna Gaon who came there, who were, they called themselves Perushim, as opposed to Hasidim, they called themselves the Perushim. And uh, you'll hear many times people say, I'm seven generations, eight generations, you're Shalmi. And those are people who can stem back from that group of the Gon students and people who attached themselves to it, and they, using the Sefer Maiserav, which had just basically come out, and other traditions, they developed Minag Yerushalayim slash Minag And these works started becoming extremely important. Now, you're right, here, in Chutz, here outside of Eretz Yisrael, as Menachem points out, Minag is interesting to figure out what he's about, but this is actual Halacha Lamaisa in many, many communities. And in fact, for example, and you're going to see part of it, some of it I'll tell you right now, not saying Vishamru, right? Not saying to not have a Hefzik on Friday night, right? These were a sheet that the Vilna Gon had, and this community felt, we love this man, we know that he's the halachic giant of our age. He couldn't be the giant that he should have been in Vilna because of his, his because of what Vilna was. But now that we're in Eretz Yisrael, we can now invest it with a new purity, a new power of the Gon's way. And these are parts of the Gon's way. So when we talk, for example, of not saying Hashem or by the way, it's one of my pet peeves. Did you say Ladovid? There's many Ladovids. <laughs> the word Ladovid just means who the author is, right? The capital is Hashem Eri Veishi. That's the way to say it. Didn't, you didn't say Ladovid. Which Ladovid are you talking about? I mean, there's a lot of Ladovids in Tom. Which one? It's the one, Ladovid just means he's the author, Hashem Eri Veishi. So here is the Vilna Gon's, the description of what the Gon did. First of all, one of the ideas is, and this is already in a Kadmonim, don't just don't be marba kadeshim, shalom with right? You know, if you're an ovel, you figure, oh, I'll get another kaddish. No, there should be seven. There shouldn't be any more throughout the day. We don't need more kadeshim, which means after Elenu, no kaddish, according to the guide. 
after Aleinu, there's Shosh Shayom, and then the Kaddish. Can you imagine? Kaddish! No, no, we don't need more. There's Aleinu, Shosh Shayom, that should be said, that's part of what Chazal want us to say. Then one Kaddish. And, look at this, no no other Tilims, nothing else. Right? Velo, Shira Yichud. No Shira Kavod. Yom Tev, yes. What? Right. Gam Merish Chodesh, Elul Ad Yom HaKippurim, even though the author knew this, Sadya knew this, Yisachar Ber Tanchum knew this, the Vilna Gon said, look, I, I hear what's going on the last hundred years or so, people have been saying it, We're not, we're not, not in my clothes, Ein Oibram Kapitol Chav Zayin. So as I said, um, what is why does the Gon have this this this, this attitude? Um, so, Litvisha thinkers are um, very into the Vilna Gon. One of the great Litvisha thinkers and writers was uh, Rabbi Leo David Rabinowitz, Taomim, known by his acronym the Aderis. So the Aderis has a little safer that he wrote. He wrote hundreds of svarim. So they found in a manuscript copy a little safer that he wrote on davening. So he says that the Gon's reason is, is simple, not because he feels the Hasidim are doing it. It's Tircha de Tzibura. Um, it's Tircha de Tzibura to add anything. Time, I've mentioned when I, on our Shurim and Rebbe Yashiv, I've mentioned how precious time is. Even the time that it takes to say Hashem Ayurvishi is unnecessary. Tircha de Tzibura, we're not just going to add things. Hey, right? But the Tzibura wants it, then you should say it with the Kaddish? Okay, that's a good question. What does Tircha de Tzibura mean? Does Tircha de Tzibura mean, does Tircha de Tzibura mean this specific Tzibura or in general? In other words, in other words, you, you want to stay after davening, it's one thing. But it's almost, it's a good question, Yoni. When we have Tircha de Tzibura, for example, one of the reasons why we, you know, the Gemara talks about in the Beis HaMikdosh, that they didn't do, uh, they read the, um, they read the parsha of, uh, of of the Haftorah uh, on Yom Kippur. They read it uh, Balpet because so it shouldn't be Tircha de Tzibur. They weren't going with the Sefer Torah. They read. So the Gemara says that the reason why he would say, "I'm going to read this Balpet," right? He would read the Seder Ayom, but then the the Korbanos that were or, or that were that were in uh, that were in parshas. Uh, in, in, in Parshas Pinchas, the Gemara says it's a, mish, it's a Mishnah Numa that the Balkore, the the Koyen Godel would read it Balpet. Why? So the Gemara says because of Tircha de Tzibura. So I'll ask you that same question. Let's say everyone in the base of Mikdash says we just love being with you, Koyen Godel. Take the time; it's fine, right? Now you could say there it's Yom Kippur. There's a lot to do. You can't you can't play around. But I get the impression that Tircha de Tzibura is not about the people that are here and now. It's a general principle that, that as you can see, he mentions one of the reasons why we don't add um, an Chalamoid and, uh, right? An Chalamoid and Rishkodesh. One of the reasons why we don't add other uh, people to the davening is because there's Bittu Malacha. What about if they just, what about if they say we're fine, we're not going anywhere on Chalamoid. Let's add another person. No, you're still only going to have. Interesting how like, yeah, like, 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 
You're going to get your Kadeshim, according to the Go, and you're going to get that one, you're going to get that one Kaddish, but you're going to put a lot into it. In other words, less is more. That's really the principle. And I think Tircha just to make it clear, because it's a good question, I don't think, I think the, the, the Adaris is telling us that the Vilna Gaon's attitude was that if it's not part of, 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 of what's the Tfilas HaKluim from Chazal, and a, a community decides that it's inspiring, a community decides that they can get a lot out of it if they, if they insert it, that's not justification to make it part of actual davening itself, despite the fact that they'd want to. Um, and to sort of insist and print it in the Sidurim, uh, is, that's making davening something that it wasn't necessarily supposed to be. Now, the, like I said, it's, it's a streamlining, but maybe he believes it's what pure tefillah is. Um, let me just show you this principle in two other places. Uh, another place where we see this is uh, by Mariv, the going to take a look here on the board. The Mar- um, you just start with Vuhu Rachel. You don't say the Psukim, you don't make a Chatsi Kaddish like, uh, like, like the, again, like Nusach, like um, Nusach Svard. After Aleinu, no Psukim. Ain Lekvoa Psukim and Mizmoyim Betzibur. We don't want there to be a Kvias that we're going to say certain Psukim. Shir Shalyom is different. Um, it's nothing to do with Hasidus. Um, here you see another place where he talks about. Um, <clears throat> look at this. You don't even say Mizmar Shir Chanukah Sabayas. The Vilna Gon felt that you start with Baruch Shemar. This idea, in other words, you, you can say Korbanos, you can say the, uh, you can say the uh, Rabbi Shmuel, because that's learning. Baruch Shemar, where did Mizra, did anybody wonder? I mean, it's like everybody comes in the show, oh, I'm in Chapa Kaddish, right? I, I, I've been that way this whole year because I wanted to catch the Kaddishim. It's one of the reasons I haven't been here in the, in the morning davening because the traffic, I'm worried I'm going to miss the Kaddishim. So what's this, every, what's your second Kaddish, of course? Mizra Shechanukah Zabayas. And the guy felt you shouldn't say it. That's 30 seconds later. Huh? That's 30 seconds later. Right, but there's no reason to be Koveya Perak of Tilim. It's not part of it's not part of Sukkot Zimra, right? Baruch Shomar is your bracha. I'm about to say to Hillim, it's going to be Shav Shvachim Tashem. <coughs> well, why are we talking about how great the Shul is? I mean, that's what Mizmer Sheikh Hanukkah Sabai is. I think it's an emotional connection between Abel that they think they're doing something for, and they are something for their parents. Right. Right, so that's. They want to maximize giving back somebody that's that. So, so I, yeah, so that's. I, I, so Yoni, you have to reckon, understand. I, I come here to present a point of view of people accurately. I agree with you. I think, you know, as have, having been in novel now three times, so I, I, I agree with you. You do want to feel that there's something that you can accomplish, and why shouldn't the seder atfilah be the way to do that? And if you didn't, if you were asleep the first Kaddish, maybe you'll get it better the second one for people to say, Yemei Shmei Rabba. I understand that attitude, and that attitude was the prevalent one. The, the Gon was fighting that. The Gon was saying, 
we have traditions about how many Kadeshim. We don't need to say more Kadeshim than we need. I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the real answer. I'm talking about the actual person who's saying Kaddish. My understanding is that it's, they, they feel them some kind of comfort, I think, in saying Kaddish for their past one. Okay. Um, so, so you're saying now that they shouldn't feel like we're missing a Kaddish or something like that. It's, it's okay. I mean, like. No, what all I'm saying is, is that the Vilna Gon and his students who developed his uh, Shita. Uh, were about streamlining things and jettisoning uh, out things that had crept into the Seder Atfila that were there because of sentiment, that were there because of some pseudo-Kabbalistic reason. And he felt that let's just have things the way they should be, the way they used to be, the way perhaps they can be more effective. Uh, before you came in, I mentioned the first, very first Simon and Shulchan Aruch, that says it's better to have less with kavana than more without kavana, uh, and that seems to be uh, the mindset. Anything else, as the Adera says, is is, is an undue tiracha on the tzibur. Um, th- there might be other halacha considerations as well, which is that you know again you, we're, we we have to be careful about saying the mizmorim of. Of, 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 of David Amelech, just as part of davening. Uh, the Gemara says everyone is, a person who says halal every day is considered a macharif and a magadev. It's, it's almost like you have to use them in a careful way. If it's part of Pesukah de Zimmer, it's one thing. Just to say a parak of Tehillim, to say a Kaddish afterwards, why? Um, uh, let me make it even stronger. Um, you know, the old German custom in Germany and in Tells and other places still is that there'd be one Ovil who would say Kaddish on that day, right? Now, the, the rest have to wait in line. But do you imagine what it was on that day when he had that day? He's the only voice in the base Medrash that sang it. And where's his Kaddish, according to the Gon? It's one Kaddish after the Shir Shalyom. There's Elenu, Shir Shalyom. There's one Kaddish that basically ends the davening. And that's this broken, hurt person and that's his moment to shine. And tomorrow will be another... Right. We have that in Elizabeth. Yes, we do have that. And there's a certain glory to it. I think there's a certain power to it. You're right, Yoni. It's, 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 sometimes less is more, I believe. That's going to be your day. Now, if you're, and, and, and every Ovil takes his turn. And there's, they, they put it up on a list when it's your turn. Uh, they officially uh-huh. and they want to make where does that again that again needs to be understood where where that where, where that comes from I don't know but go ahead okay, that, that's, that's their official name. okay so they started davening the first Friday night they pointed one person to say Kaddish one one yasa was a Kaddish yasa and then after a few weeks that just generated a lot of backlash from the community <laughs> and they they relaxed well, here's here's another one by Sfira Omer. Here's the Gon's opinion. No psukim lefanov. You don't just you just say make the bracha. Okay, no l'shem yichud, no pasuk beforehand. You don't say kapital tilim afterwards. Right? What? He says one thing. You say you say yiratzon afterwards. Yiratzon she yibana beis hamikdash because. You're trying to indicate that this is not Midaraisa today. In other words, the Sphira Saomer today is done in Remez to what used to be at the time of the Beis Hamikdash. So that he was okay with. 
The Gon was all right with saying that Yiratzon because it, it's important that people understand what Sphira is. But to say a capital Tilim or to say a whole bunch of Psukim beforehand, the Gon was a guest. So the, I'm just using this to really shlug up, so to speak, the rabbi who said the reason the Gon was against it was because he didn't like Hasidim. <laughs> this, has nothing, this has nothing, there's nothing to do with Hasidim. And, no, he didn't. By him, it was. It, I didn't think. I don't think it played a factor. Um, this is. We're going to talk more about what, the. What this is really coming down to is, is whether you can, you know, take a medrash and, and, and add stopping or not. Right. That's, that's that's really our our right point of contention here. Right, right. Um, I have to tell you one thing. We're going to talk about a little bit more. The Goyin was against piyutim on. Um, on Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, the piyutim. I mean, you see these big, you know, with you know, oh, these big machzayir has so many stuff. Like, so the goin, they call them yotzers, which I I will not. That's that's an incorrect way of saying it because yotzers. Yotzer is a certain section in the of, of the piyutim right after Baruchu that are connected to the Baruch of yotzer or. But then you have Ofanim, and then you have zulas and krovos. You have different sections, and even in the Shmonestra, you have different places. But by Amaratzim, you're right, they say Yoitzras, the Yoitzras. The Goin was against the insertion of Piyutim. Okay, the Right. Okay, the only. Right, the only time he said it. Well, let me explain it better. The Goin, what the Goin did was he said, we'll say. We'll say the we'll say the piyutim after Shmonesrei, but not as part of Shmonesrei. We're not going to insert the piyutim into the bracha Shmonesrei. Only once a year did he do that, which was when he says on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Uh, but even there, kedusha is kedusha. There's no um, ein kitzvah or anything else like that. Insertions by kedusha. Kedusha's got to be right. Um, right, but kedusha it has it's 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 is is sacrosanct. But basically, the Gain, as you can see, had a lot of halachic rationales, and his his machzer was different. Um, everybody, we all know before tkiya um, shofar. Uh, what is it that we say? Again, that's again I, I, my pet peeve. What's the first word? Olakim betrua, right? It's lamnatzeach levnei korach mizmar. That's just the authors, right? Lamnatzeach means the person who's leading the, uh, the, the, the 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 conductor. The goyin didn't say it. The goyin felt that there's no reason to put a section. It's a mitzvah. We're going to do tkei shofar. That's it. We don't have. We don't insert prakim of tilim and make them part of davening. So. <laughs> I can tell you one thing: is kiddush. The goyin's kiddush was just bari priyagofen. That I can tell you. Yes, the goyin's kiddush during the daytime was only bari priyagofen. That's all. Only bari priyagofen. No, no alkain beirach. Nothing. Just baruch Hashem bari priyagofen. There's no, there's no reason to say psukim for no reason. So no. So before tkiya shofar, uh, no mizmayrim, and the yiratzon you don't say, and you don't say yiratzon between the tkiyas. Um, and again, you talk about, you know, you shouldn't be Myrach on Rosh Hashanah davening too much, as you can see. The Goyen felt that Rosh Hashanah davening shouldn't be long and drawn out because there's a problem of Chatzah. You talk about making Kiddush. 
because you don't want to be over a tightness, and it's about 12, uh, now with the days uh, approximating each other, Chatzos is about, it's getting to be close to 12, 12, 20, 12, 15, <coughs> something like that, right? Close to that. <coughs> again, the Goyen was against, as you can see, but that really is, this is a little bit different than streamlining the sitter. I just wanted you to see that. Okay, so that's the Goyen. So the Goyen is, you might call him, you know, a grumpy fellow who just doesn't <coughs> like all the new things that are going on. Or maybe the Goyen is actually better. He's actually going to actually returning the sitter and davening to where it should be. And maybe, I always hear from kids, it's so long, it's so long. What are we saying now? Again, the fact that you have perhaps less, uh, you know, actually gives you more. Um, okay, why didn't, why did Sans not say, um, uh, did Sans not say Hashem uh, Ariviyishi? So, what? Right. So one of the reasons uh, that was said is that after the research was done, and they realized that even though Rabshabshi Rashkover, the the uh, the Balshemtov student who put the sitter together, did he get this from Chemnas Yamin? Now remember, there was a. One of the reasons why the Goyen attacked Tachsidim and others didn't like them is because they thought that Tachsidim were really another offshoot of Sabbateanism, right? So once it was clear, they didn't know about this Sefer uh, Seder Hayo, uh, Shem Koton. They didn't know about that Sefer, but everybody knew about Chem Nesayomen. So some, most people believe that the reason why the Tzanzer, who, by the way, was not raised a Chosid, he became a Chosid. Rav Chaim Halberstam was not, uh, you know, that he actually adapted Chassidus later in his life, felt, we're not going to say this, because it probably comes from Sabbatean influences. Now what? David HaMelech was not a Shabbat Zvinik, right? <laughs> but, right, David HaMelech is the Melech. But since they were the ones who sort of were pushing it and quoting the Arizal, maybe we should just stay away from it. Um, the Kloisenberger... You're, you're, you're making that very simplistic because Rishon didn't say it. It's not brought. It's, it's not brought anywhere. Right, right. right. But the, the right. Chassidim, where the Chassidim show a um, an attitude that they're not going to add stuff in davening, right? The Chassidim don't have that problem with Rishonim didn't say it, right? So why should there be a Chassidus that all of a sudden decides not to say this? So, um, with, so to admit to bring in Sabbateanism is an ugly thing. To say that Rav Shabsei Rashkever <coughs> was connected to the Chem Nesayavim, was connected to Shabsei Tzvi, and that they were right. So the Kloisenberger's defense of his great-great-grandfather, the Divrei Chaim, is a little bit different. So let's, I just want to show this to you. He says, he says, I admit, it's in the Siddur of Shabsei, in the shame of the Ari, and even the Sefer Shem Toiv. He knew about that too, the Kloisenberger. Um, I asked my grandfather. Um, in other words, my grandfather asked his great his father, "Why aren't we saying it?" Now, ksavim is key over here. <laughs> what's not in the shulchan aruch? What's not in some other respected writings? I don't say. So, I think the Kleisenberger says if we start. From the Gemaras themselves, the Gemaras themselves say that Amravuna Marav, 
The Gemara Bracha says that when you speak in front of God, don't let your mouth run all over the place. Your word should be succinct and to the point. Um, that's the Gemara Brachas, which the, which the Rif and the Rush both paskin. Um, second. Is so, there a reason for that? Do they give a bigger reason? They feel, well... Hashem's busy? <laughs> what? Hashem's busy? No, you get more out of less, is the idea. Um, and and you're right. And especially because in your mind might, again, the more you say, the more your mind might actually move away. Um, also, doesn't the Gemara say that you should just, just say what you find in Tanakh? Because the more you start hearing, you can never finish. Right, that's in terms of shavachim of Hashem. But even when it comes to, that's praising of God, Mark. But even when it comes to begging God for things, um, he mentions, uh, he goes further to say that even when it comes to the Akedah that we say every day, he says, if you look in the Mogan Avram, the Mogan Avram says, you must say the Akedah, not just say the Akedah, not just understand that the Akedah is a story, but actually to have kavana about how great this is. Um, which means, because again, if you're just running through it, it's terrible. He quotes the famous uh, second generation from the Baal or Moshe Leib Sasever, that said, he says, you know what my chatoyim are? My sins are, that I, he says, he says if it, I have so many chatoyim, the sin of, the sin of my meyer brachas every day, that's enough. No, it's, the fact that I say a hundred brachas every day is, is enough of a sin. Meaning he was saying that he doesn't even know if he has the kavan in those brachas. He says, so you see that to mention God's name, to say kapitlach tilim, especially in the form of abracham, when you're not really having kavana, is a, is, is, is a, is a, is a, is a kitrug on a person. So he says that, um, now, you're going to tell me what about these other tefillos that, that, have been, that have been said? He says, There are very holy people that are able to establish tefillos. And they were Kabbalists and understood everything. He says, he says we can't be like that. He says, he says, if the Divrei Chaim was against it, we're just he calls himself a gnat compared to him. So what should we do instead of just I want to what do we do instead of saying Hashem Ayyavishi? How long does it t- take to say it? A minute? Two minutes? Ninety seconds, maybe? Let's have a small shear in Shulchan Aruch and give a, a, a halachic shear for ninety seconds about some dvar halacha. Or let's think about Hilchas Chuva. Let's think about ourselves. Um you might say it's only seconds, the Kleisenberger said. It might only be seconds. Well, you know what? Use those seconds to make your Shmon Esri better. The 90 seconds that you're going to take for Hashem Ayur Yishi, he says, take those 90 seconds and be machavin in Ovois. Because <laughs> Ovois needs Kavana. Use those 90 seconds. Now, again, this might be a, unre- a little bit unreal. It's really not a time thing, though. Right. <laughs> we're, not, we're, we're not talking about it. Well, this issue is not, is not the time. Right. No, it's not a terrible thing either. Right. I, I believe... If, if it's appropriate, it's okay. not terrible. Okay. So, 
So, you so is that timing of the services? You have a different place. You can't do the time now and miss the kedusha. Okay. Okay. So here's what I think was going on. Again, you know I've given Shrim at the Kloisenberger. What I believe was going on was the he didn't want to put the cat out of the bag. He didn't want to say that the people that were saying this were Shapsoyim or people close to Shapsitzvinikers, whatever. So he obfuscated a little bit. He came with a number of sources that you're supposed to only daven what's in Shulchan Aruch and we don't add stuff and there's more you could do. Um, and I believe he makes a good point. Um, I want to end with one other thing here. Um, um, if you have like four four minutes, I want to just talk about this. Um, I think I think you'll enjoy. It's about adding. Would, uh, you're gonna go to Davin. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to add four minutes of point here. <laughs> yeah, there isn't a later minion, um, but the uh, the question is about adding on Tishabov, adding the special kina for the. Uh, the the, the Haruge Ashoa. So this is a tshuva that you can see it has an issue. The Kleisenberger was the hero of the Holocaust, right? He was. We talked about him in this year. If you, it's online, you can listen to it. Um, no one lived the Holocaust more than he did after his after it occurred, and he was the Rebbe who was who did so much. I just want to show you a little bit what he says here. He says, "You're asking me. Um, you're asking me about uh, adding in Tishabov a special kina doing dealing with the Holocaust." <laughs> we need to look about this and be serious in, 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 the, in the necessary way. Okay, we should definitely think about this seriously. But I know who I am. And he was writing this in 1977. He says, I know that my influence might not necessarily be felt. And who am I? And I know that what I believe might not necessarily be what you're going to do. And I should hope that I, that Baruch Hu should make me a bigger that I can get the Mila of being able to influence the whole Jewish world about this. Okay, he doesn't say what he wants to do yet. He just says, I don't know if I can do anything. Then he says, you asked me about the kinnis that was written by, and he doesn't say who. Now his cousin, the Bava Varebbe, actually did write a kinnis for Tishabov. That was a cousin of the Kloisenberger. I'm not sure if he's talking about his cousin. It doesn't sound like it. He says, Hagam Shahsoifer Hanal. That writer is Mukhshur Mafur Sima'od. He knows that he can write well and he's a Yorishamayim. But just because a Yorishamayim wrote a beautiful thing that, that, that elicits our emotion, we have to think. What does it say? Zachor Yemos Olam Binushnos Dor. He says, we know there were kinnis that were written through Gedol Yisrael, like the Marami Rutenberg and others. They were true. Look at these words. Gedol Yisrael Hamitian, like the Kawir, Rabbi Yudha Levi, Rabbi Gershom, Rabbi Nushim Shana Godel. 
on the Crusades, and even in the Chalmaniki massacres, there were kinnis that were written by the Shach and the Taisus Yontif. And therefore, it would seem, come on, the Holocaust is bigger than all of those. So we should do what they did. The same way after the Crusades and after Chalmaniki, the great men rose up and inserted kinnis, which have become accepted to say, we should look at Tisha B'av and include that. Look what the Kloisenberger writes. Haim sheyodu l'koinein, they knew, first of all, how to write a dirge. U'lekvoa hadover v'doros. And to make sure that once it was written and formulated, it would always be said. Why? Mishum sheberoi mailas kedushasam v'yerosam akademis v'chachmosam. More than they were brilliant, they were holy. They feared God. Yodu, somehow, almost magically, they knew lifol bahakinus. They knew that what they would write would somehow betoch tochis hanefesh ha-Yisraelis. Those writers, like the Taisus Yontif and the Shach, were holy men, not just Frum Jews. They were men, and this is part of, I think, a very important issue. Have we fallen to the point that in the last couple of hundred years that we don't have such power anymore? He says, even after the Chalmanitki massacres, those men were not only great writers, they were somehow able to, to author pieces that were able to become part and parcel of the Jewish soul. The It's not enough to write such moving stanzas that make you cry. Whoever wrote the piece that he's talking about is an effective writer. And it does probably make the Kleisenberger cry to read it. There's something more in a piece of that becomes part of our prayer book. There's something ruchni, there's something about it that somehow has a power beyond the words. It becomes like part of Torah. It becomes part of the nefesh of Klal Yisrael that's Lenetzach. He says, Ulezua Madrega, this level of being able to compose such a piece, it was only the Rishonim Kemalochim. It's only the people like the Rishonim who wrote the Piyutim and maybe the Tzitzit Yontem and the Shach. But no one in our days is able to do that. So this is a much different attitude than the Gon's attitude. This is not about, it's not mentioned anywhere, and it's not even, this is different than the earlier Chuba. Here it's like an incapacity. Now, I want to end with... There's a simple shayla here. We know that a Beijing can't overturn, you know, a previous Beijing unless it's greater in size or in in Chachma, right? Right. So, the Anshay Knesset Hagdola that was misaking Davning, right? This Davning should should be closed based on the way the Anshay Knesset Hagdola was, you know, was misaking it. Right. We shouldn't allow any change. Right. Okay, but... So, so So how do we get there? So here, I'm actually talking about you're right. Uh, um, that's one issue. But I think you can see there's an undercurrent, Yankee. Not only how do we, uh, like, for example, it, it, could there be a way that we can make, let everybody say it before davening or after davening? Nobody entertains in the. But, can't, but do we have the right to at least demand and suggest that everyone should say certain things? That, that's the question. Um, Kinnis is definitely a place where it's sort of wide open, right? Even though you say Aleinu, whatever, after Kinnis is over, it's wide open. It's sort of part of davening. So they asked Rav Shach about this. And Rav Shach said, I don't know if you can see it properly. Let's see if I do command. If I can get this any bigger. Yeah. So Rav Shach said, 
that is Rav Shach writing. Anoshim svurim shayichayus hayom biyadeinu v'sakin takonos u'machabrim kinus. Rav Shach heard that the Bavar and others were writing kinus, and now we're going to make the kinus of 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 of, of the Holocaust. He said, "You can't do it. That's like a new takana." He says, "If they make, if they start writing a kinus, that's now going to be the accepted piece of uh, uh, the dirge that all Klal Yisrael was going to say." <laughs> the Shach felt that was a churban to allow us. Now the Kleisenberger said, I don't know if anybody's holy enough to do it. Rav Shach said... Rav Shach. Yeah, Rav Shach. Rav Shach says that... I, what did Rav Shach say about... Okay. Here we're just talking about do we a, a different... I, I un, I, I I'm sure Rav Shach well, said it. I would assume he said it. Okay, so but, but, I, 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 how did... That's like a Syrian Right. But the difference is that so, the Rav Shach is worried about Rav Shach is worried about that if we start, if the say we've now established all, and what's that precedent going to be? He says we want new things. Look what you just did. You just inserted a new thing in davening, and now everybody in the world is saying it. You've got power. <laughs> Make a new takana. It's got to be from what our parents, our grandparents, that we have. I, there's Rabbonim who are saying we should add this. He says, okay. So, everything he's writing here, if you apply this to left, the Dovid Hashem already, you get a problem. That's right. You're right. Because right, but to insert it and to say that we should make a new Takana, that everyone should say it. Rav Sh- starting a new hunt, hunt, yeah. a, new, a, new, a new change in Nusuf to add something to that. You're saying it at the end of that. You're not throwing it in the middle of Sukkot. Right. But Rav Sh- but, but Yanki is right. Yeah. Just to contrast the Kleisenberg and Rav Shach. The Kleisenberg is saying, and we don't know what's really behind it 100%, because the Kleisenberg, what he wrote at least, was that we don't have the power to do it. Things that become part of what Kleisner said was holy people who knew our neshama, and, and that's why it, it's almost like the, the proof is in the pudding. New things, new things, the Kleisenberger said, as, as, as from as the person who's saying it is, he's not a holy malach. The Roshach is saying, oh boy, we better not do this. In today's times, if we start adding stuff, there, we're going to be hypocrites because we don't want to add this. We don't want to add this. We don't want to change this. This will be the beginning of a of a, of a slippery slope. So therefore, Shach was against add, changing anything. Yeah, now, right. That's right. So Rav Shach probably that's what he says. Things that three hundred years ago, oh, all Klausro collectively accept. That's exactly it. That's, that's it. Rav, that's his point. Rav was afraid of what was happening in his time. That's right. That's right. It's interesting that that um, the um, we, we, didn't, we didn't touch upon Revo, Revo Yashiv why actually the yet, why the yet some say it, right? Which which is which is really in line with with the Kleisenberg. 
They, they also don't say Rav Shmei. They don't say anything related to, to Kabbalah whatsoever. And they say that that's because Rav Shantan Fulfersh saw, you know, reform tarot cards okay. from, from Yiddishkeit in, in, in Germany. And he basically said, you know, we have to be concerned. The, the Shatzite speed, you know, killed us. Yes, yes, I, I, I agree. So, so, so in other words... Where, where, where he where doesn't he, want... We right. don't change anything. Okay, so Yankee is saying that the, the neo-Orthodox, which is what Hirsch's movement in Frankfurt was, tried to expunge things as well. We know that he wanted to get rid of, by the way, when he first came to... Uh, the whole movement is called change, right? Reform, right. We're, we're, right. we're reforming. So, so Rav Shamshin said, we're not changing anything. Right, but, but part of what he tried to do in his first steller, which I think was in... Um, Right, his first steller, he wanted to get rid of Kol Nidre. He felt Kol Nidre was an addition that was unnecessary, that it, it, halakhically it had problems. Um, so uh, it was... <laughs> Shamshra Vahersh <laughs> is an interesting study. The fact that he doesn't want people saying the Baruch Shemei from the Zohar makes sense. Uh, another thing which I should just... I just want to just finish with this... Rebel Yashiv was asked this, as you can see, in uh, 1985. But, but, uh, I think you missed the... Uh, what I'm trying to say is the same way Rav Shaf was afraid of what was happening in his right, time. Right, right. Rav Paul Hirsch was afraid of uh, what was happening in his time. All right, but it was a different fear. He, Hirsch sounds to me more like uh, the Vilna Gon in the way of, of let's get back to what real Judaism is. Zohar and Kabbalah isn't really part of it, so any Kabbalistic prayers we're gonna we're gonna leave out because that wasn't part of what the what the original davening was. It only became in the Middle Ages people started becoming so excited about the Zohar. We'll just finish off with this thing from Rebel Yoshev. Uh, Rebel Yoshev was was uh, asked about saying the uh, uh, a special kinna. Let's write a kinna for for the for the for the people who died in the Holocaust. So look what he says. It would be right to institute that. He wrote that in 85, the same time Rav Shach was railing against it. Look what they did. That's what they did in, 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 during the Crusades. And it became part of the Kinnus. And therefore, it's, it's a good thing. However, he says, and he understands the reality, he says... But we still don't have a gudim lishpoch tchina. We don't have a unified community. And rochok adover lechaber kina shaletav askavas kol chachme ador. I I am in doubt. Of Eliashev, uh, in his wisdom, said that anyone could write something that all these variated Jewish communities are going to accept to say. Therefore, even though it should be done, and it's positive. And we could essentially do it, not because we, the Zionists are going to ask us to do worse things, but I don't think it could happen. Probably the best thing is, you like the Bavavar's Nusach, you say that. You have a different Nusach, you say that. But I think there is a subtle, important difference between Rebel Yashiv and Rashach here. Rebel Yashiv felt that there is precedent, we should be able to do it. It's unfortunate that we... His concern was that, to summarize it, that he would, was afraid it wouldn't be ubiquitous. Because, you know, because of the way we are. Action. Right. But really... But you could say the same thing when they wrote the Kinnah for Tatnu, right? 
it, uh, it, it probably was written in, in one small region of Europe. You make a good point. Your point is that why don't your point is if we don't try, we don't get anywhere. Right. And, and I would say that Kina probably spread, right? But but when it was first written, I, I, I don't remember who wrote that one. But uh, right, just uh, it probably doesn't need to be. It, 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 probably, it, it probably, probably doesn't. It, it probably doesn't need to be said. But there's another tshuva from the same year, where the Kalavarebe, the Kalavarebe, um sent a shy with Rebel Yoshev. Um, and the Kalver Rebbe, by the way, was uh, also from this Tzanzers who, um, I think the Kalver Rebbe, about Hashem, I forgot what his sheet is about, I know he was involved in that as well, but he wanted there to be a special Yom Tainus for the Shoah. There should be a fast day. So he says that, um, and he also wanted everybody, he had an idea that everyone should say Shema Yisrael every day, um, after davening, to somehow, look what he says, <laughs> somehow we're going to join the six million by sort of dying on Kiddush Hashem every day by saying Shema Yisrael. That's what the Kalva Rebbe's idea was. Um, so he says, um, he says, don't think that I don't think what they did was terrible. And I think you should always think about what they did. And he says, just get it properly, Rabbi Yoshev said that, um, he says, this idea of everybody saying Shema Yisrael every day, um, he says, it reminds me of the fact that right after the Holocaust, they wanted to have, to create a new Tainus for the Holocaust. And the Chazanish and the Rabbonim, who were following him, felt that was wrong, we can't be coveyed new things for the generations. Now, you came up with this idea of emotionally connecting to the people who died in the Holocaust. He says, I don't see any mukkor for that. It's an interesting idea, but I don't see any source in it. Now, what I think you should do instead is have a, have a worldwide Mishnayas learning. That's great. Especially for the people who in the Holocaust died without leaving any children. That would be tremendous. And that would be a big schluss. But as you can see, Rebel Yoshev was very much for what was pra- what was normal, to put a kinnis in if it was possible. But once it went into the world of a new takana, a new day, or even telling everybody to say Shema Yisrael every day. Again, you can see the Kalva Rebbe is just, it's coming out of such a great emotional place. There's so what's going to be with them? Those people who have no children, those people who died in the Holocaust on Mizraim. We should we should ask people to sit down and say that pasuk and think about them. <laughs> As we know, Rabbi Yoshev already he says, look, I don't see any source for that. You, you want to take that emotion, channel it in learning. That would be the better way to do it. Go upon him. I think again. I think it's sort of. I, I hear him also saying, you, you want to add comments, you want to do things, do it for yourself. Right, but again, this sort of this is, I think, a more balanced perspective. Uh, it's, it, we we shouldn't be afraid of new things, of trying to create something new. We have, we should know there's a practical problem in doing it of everybody accepting it. All right, we'll stop over Mr. Shem next week, further into uh, the period. Okay. <laughs>